Welcome to the Behind the Curtain Podcast, your real-world guide to real estate investment and property management. So today I got uh, Tom Durhan with me. Uh, Tom Durhan's a friend. He's also an investor. I just recently sold 21 of his houses and just sold another seven. Eight. Eight. And then you're buying, buying another and seven. And you help me facilitate me. buying seven. Yeah, you're seven you're or definitely eight. Definitely yeah. busy. So, um, anyway, Tom's a, a, a local guy. He's an investor here in Memphis. He uh, He's also a contractor. He's he's buying, he's selling, he's rehabbing. So, he, he's doing a little bit of everything. So, I want to bring Tom in. First of all, I want to understand your philosophy. Because, you know, five years ago, if I mentioned Frazier to anybody, their hair would stand up like, no, nah, I'm not interested in buying a house in Frazier. And rightfully so. There are certain areas of Frazier, just like any other part of Memphis, that are just kind of hairy and, you know, can get kind of kind of, kind of rough. That's true. But a lot of what you purchased in the last four or five years has been around the Frazier market. So what was your reasoning behind that? Well, honestly, Brett, the biggest issue is finding a house that has good value to it. You can buy at a decent price. It will cash flow well. And Frazier's been very good in that aspect. There's really good areas of Frazier that you can buy at still decent prices. And as long as you fix your house up nice, you can get some quality tenants. Okay. I've had very, very good long-term tenants. You've got success a lot of Section there. 8 tenants. I have. I've had a lot of Section 8, but I've also had some uh, regular tenants as well, and they've all been good, except for one, which I won't yeah. speak of. Yeah. We talked about that one. Uh, we Well, yeah, I met all the tenants, especially in that 19-house inspection, and they were all phenomenal, in my opinion. You've had some, some women that have been there 10 years, yeah. and the houses are in great shape and well taken care of. But, you know, Section 8 has its drawbacks. It does. It but does. But they do the inspections every six months. So it really helps because if they do the inspections, you've got to keep the house up. And if the tenant's a problem, you can usually figure it out right. pretty quick. And I want to get into Section 8 with you in a minute uh, because I know 10 years ago, investors got away from it. They did. And uh, for, for obvious reasons. But I want to know what's changed about it in recent. So let's talk about the Fraser market since you seem to be there a lot. Your typical house in Fraser, you're going to buy at what? Uh, I would say, depending on the state of it, anywhere from thirty to 70000 And how much do you typically put into that property to get it rent ready? Again, it varies, but I would say, on average, probably about 20000 Okay. And right now, the rents there are between eight eight hundred to 1000 a month for a 3-1. So you pick yourself up a $60,000 house, drop twenty grand into it, and get eight fifty a month. Your ROI is looking pretty decent. Eight ninety five, nine ninety five, yeah. yeah. And the rent values continue or continue to go up in Fraser. And you Correct. know what I noticed the last time I was in Fraser, which was actually yesterday, huh. uh, is that most of the streets I go down, there's a construction dumpster in the front yard of at least one or two houses on that street. That's correct. Which tells me that Fraser's at the beginning of what happened to Raleigh three five years ago, where you could pick up a house for seventy, which is now worth one hundred and ten thousand. Yes. Um, so, um, so when you go in and you buy, say you buy a house for fifty thousand dollars. You put your twenty in it. What's your what's your projected all right? What do you what do you want out of it? Are you looking for the one percent? Is that what you shoot for? Yes, I, I want to basically whatever the whatever I pay, I want at least 
10% back after rehab. Okay. So 10% is the minimum. So if I put 70 in, you want 700, I want at least 700, which is right. easy in Fraser. You're yeah. going to get eight, 900. So that's a really good return on investment. Now, are you concerned about the inflation issue with, with tenants and rent at this point? Well, what I found is the rental business is pretty much inflation proof because people always need houses. And right. if the economy's not doing as well, I had rental houses in 08 and 09, mm-hmm. and you know the values went down, which I didn't sell. I wasn't worried, but the no one really got behind. Everybody paid because people need places to live. So right. I've I haven't had any issue with that at all. So I, I, I listened to an expert. I won't mention a news channel, um, but they were discussing the impact of inflation, gas prices, and food prices on uh, people who rent. Or just middle and lower income people. Yes. Um, basically saying that they could afford $1,000 a month six months ago, but because of the current issue and the, the financials, their personal financials, they're, they're struggling to pay that $1,000. So that you find them now pulling out of their current lease and going somewhere else and getting a house for 800 Are you seeing anything like that in your in your market, in your rentals? I haven't yet, personally. But most of your tenants are getting – well, but you're using Section 8, so – and a lot of them, well, so that helps. I have a lot of Section 8. Probably about half of my tenants are Section 8, but I haven't had really had that issue because, again, if you take care of your tenants in your houses, you have a lot of long-term. Mm-hmm. So my tenants incrementally have been increased over the years, but several of them that are good are still below market value, right. and they, they're not struggling. Okay. Well, so let's, let's talk about the uh, Section 8. Ten years ago, you mentioned Section 8 to an investor. Yes. They turn white and just walk away. They're like, nope, not That was me because ten years ago. My understanding is that the government was so hard on the landlords, but really just let the tenants do whatever they want to do. If they destroyed a house, they destroyed a house. That's right. If they broke a window, it's their fault, but you're responsible for fixing it. And if you don't, they could revoke your, your MHA status. Yes. Right? Yes, that's correct. Did you have a lot of that? I did it, and I started out slow with uh, uh, MHA, and I've built up, or it may be more than half my portfolio now at this point, but it, I've had really good success with it because they've. it's been – some of my better tenants have been MHA. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I can think of one the on Invergator, Miss Laquita. Yeah. She's great. Yeah, the ones I met were uh, – I. Yeah, when I did the inspections, at the bottom, I, I put a little note about uh, about the tenant to myself, so I remember. Right. Uh, and you know what's funny is that nine out of ten of those I put at the end of it, excellent tenant. Like, because uh, I enjoy, like, I can't remember the lady. There's no lady in the brown brick house. I, don't, I think it's on Dunn, maybe. Uh, Miss uh, Washington? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She sat in her like living room for like 45 minutes and just talked. Yeah. I mean, she was just the sweetest she's, lady. She's a hoot. So, so Section 8, for those of you who don't know what Section 8 is, I can't imagine if you're an investment, you don't. Section 8 is where the government pays all or a portion of disqualified tenants' rent. And so the the positive side is it's guaranteed cash flow. You're well, getting paid. And keep in mind, you can still screen them. Right. You can still screen the tenant Credit. to make sure their credit's criminal good, record. their criminal record, their background, you know, have they been, you know, forcibly evicted three times. So you no, can the government s- doesn't still, do that? I don't know. Before they honestly. enter the MHA program? I have no idea. Okay. I'm, I'm just being honest. I don't know the, how they qualify people okay. or what they do. But I know that the management companies do qualify them. And so the ones that I use, I, I haven't had a problem. Okay. So compared to 10 years ago, what, how has is, how is the MHA Section 8 program changed? I've noticed that 
and this is just my observation, is that MHA is paying more than I mean, they're paying top market rent. If they are. If top market is twelve hundred, bottom is a thousand. I tell my investors plan on a thousand fifty because that's what you're going to get. But on MHA, they're popping twelve hundred dollars all day long, and they approve it. So you're well, getting top rent. And I'll give you an example. I just bought a house on Cleaford. It's a two one, and it's a nice house. Uh, we got a voucher for nine twenty seven. Wow, two one. I mean, it's a nice house, but. Nine hundred twenty-seven dollars. That's bedroom. That's really nice, and it's in Fraser. What, what's caused MHA to, to to bump the rents the way they have? Com- to be more competitive with other more investors? competitive, yeah. So yeah. they could get the decent houses for their tenants. Because before, before you, they were putting they were, in you know garbage shacks and right, and they're having all kinds of problems with landlords being able to keep up the house because MHA does care about their tenants, sure. you know. So they do want to get a quality house. So, so MHA is now competing with investors, right? So because investor rents have gone up, MHA rents have gone up, which is really beneficial for us, the owners, right? So MHA is a housing authority, national housing. It's a government agency, and there's funds that are allotted every year for them to assist low-income people in uh, rental properties just for those of you who don't know who they are. I have more and more investors that are getting into the MHA or the Section 8 now because of the rent they can get, the guarantee payments, and the type of tenants they're actually ending up with. So if you're considering MHA out there, just uh, I, I would I would seriously look into it because I, I find it to be a little more stable than just getting a, an average tenant off the street. I agree. And I've heard a lot of horror stories, but I haven't had them. And I've, yeah. I've had a lot of MHA tenants over the years. Well, let me ask you from an investor's perspective, what's the one thing in all your rental properties that is a constant, something you've always, you, you just have to, to deal with? Is it plumbing, uh, plumbing, heat and air? Plumbing, heat, and air are the two big ones. Right. Because it, when it's super hot, if you have an older system, you're going to have problems. Uh, same thing, plumbing. Uh, stopped up drains, toilets that are running. Those are the kind of Do things you find you run that into most of the stopped up drains and stuff like that as a tenants. A lot of it is. A lot do of you it. require them to, to pay for that, or you just take care? A lot of times, the first time, I'll let them get off with just the like, hey, there's a toothpaste cap down here, this train. Right. We're going to take care of it this time. Next time, you're going to have to pay $80 for us to come out and sure. remove this. Please be more careful. Okay. And they're usually respectful of that. Okay, cool. Um, so let's uh, let's move on to, uh, to, to more of your uh, your portfolio. How many properties do you have now? I know you had – we sold 21 of them, but we've, – We've actually sold 29. 29. Wow. So a good year. <laughs> when all the dust settles, I'll have about 40. 40. So, Again, yeah. Yeah, because we're, we're picking up seven now. Uh, right. Actually, nine more. Nine more from you, and I've got two more from a wholesaler I'm buying, so that's 11. Okay. And then so you'll add that to – what do you have left from your old – your old stack not much i've really bought a lot of property this year yeah. i bought a lot of property and what do you buy i mean where are you buying them at if you can find them white haven's a great area yeah. for rentals obviously east memphis yeah uh believe it or not because i needed more appreciation i've actually bought a house in bartlett a house in lakeland a nice house in raleigh that's right on the edge of bartlett okay but i bought a lot in fraser and a lot in white haven if i can find deals there I have, they don't scare me at all so we get a lot of investors out of California, Utah, all around the country that are that are buying, and they 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 talk to other people that invest here, and 
They're told, stay out of Frazier. They're told, don't go here, don't go. What would be your advice to those investors who are just nervous about going into a market where they've been told that they shouldn't be? Well, I think the biggest thing is they have to have a realtor they can trust like you, Brett. Like, I trust you. And uh, you bring me a house, and you're like, hey, Tom, this is a decent house. I know I'm going to check it out, but I know I can count on that. And I'm not going to be, you know, Surprise! Oh, well, Brett was wrong. That's the key. You need a good realtor that's going to steer you to good areas. Because like you said earlier, Frazier can be great. Also, can be scary. Mm-hmm. There's parts of Frazier that haven't rebuilt yet and that I would not invest in. So the key to that is if you're out of state, out of town, out of the country, you call a guy like Brett. I strongly recommend Brett. And then you have him scout out and find the properties for you there's still deals here especially in those areas yeah and yeah you can call me at 901-692-7401 my my phone's on 24 7 just because you call me doesn't mean you have to use me but if you got questions about the memphis market i've been in real estate a long time i've been in the memphis market for a while and i understand it i've met guys like tom i have other investors that that have different philosophies you know my goal as an agent is always to guide my investors who aren't from here down the path of re-education when it comes to investing because it's, let's face it a lot of people still use an old uh, old method of investments you know market value doesn't matter it shouldn't matter if you're if you're buying and holding long term why does it matter because all that matters to you if you go and invest a million dollars in a taco bell all you care about is how much money it's going to make you right, right? and you, you need to view your rental properties that way if you're all in you, yeah you want to have a basis for buying and fixing up and renting you don't want to just go out there and, and, and blow the doors off and buy a three hundred thousand dollar house that rents for fifteen hundred a month yeah but at the same time Value should not be the key factor. Income should be the key factor. That's exactly right. You really, because you look at Zillow and Frazier, some of these houses they'll say are worth sixty thousand, mm-hmm. but they'll rent for eight nine hundred. Yeah. So I may pay sixty thousand for it, which according to Zillow's market, but I'm coming out way ahead. Sure. And that's going to appreciate, believe it or not. That's going to keep on appreciating through the years. Not that I care much because I'm a buy and hold. But I'm going to make decent money on that house. And there, I just gave away one of my tips because in a previous episode, we were talking about getting a good agent that knows how to negotiate on your behalf. Yes. Knows how to be aggressive against cash offers. And let yes. me tell you one of the tactics that I use. You use escalation clauses. Those are it's good. very simple. Um, and let's say the Zillow or CMA says the house is worth $60,000, but it rents for eight fifty. You know what I'm going to tell you? We're going to we're going to offer sixty with an escalation clause up to seventy. Smart. Because if you get it at seventy, you're still and it's still in for eight fifty. Guess what? You still exceeded the ten percent rule that most investors are hunting for. So be creative with your offers and get you a good agent that knows how to be creative. Right, and don't use Zillow as the gospel for no. your investing. You cannot just look at Zillow about, oh, no, I'm overpriced, I'm overpaying. you got to look at the dollars and cents. Well, the, to be a good, savvy investor in today's market and in today's times, you've got to get away from the value. That's right. Because values – and I don't you – can, you can take the oldest real estate expert in the country and put him in front of me, and I will argue with him that values are immaterial when you're investing in real estate. They're just immaterial. They're not as important um, because what's going to happen is if you look at the history of real estate market, it's a stair. It goes up, yep. flat lines, goes up, flat lines, drops, then exceeds its previous number and then flat lines. It just continues to go up. So long-term, you're going to be fine. You are. And the values are going to go up. Sure. I, just like those Fraser properties I've sold, I was buying them twenty thousand yeah. dollars, selling at eighty. Yeah, no, know, I know. From you ten made, years ago, you, you get a good look on those, that, right? That was a, but that even was a good if you, investment, even if you buy it, so what, 60 your overall, or what do you think your overall and uh, 
percentage of return on those properties in 10 years was? 300%. 300%. Get that in the stock market. Never going to happen. Yeah. All right, Tom. Well, look, man, I appreciate you coming on and uh, and talking to me about your, your business. I, I was I always wanted to ask you the question about Frazier, but I, you and I don't ever talk about yeah, true. We don't have time to talk about it if we're always doing, doing business together. Um, but I appreciate you coming on, man. I Thanks really for do. having me, Brett. Yeah. You know, I love working with you. Appreciate all your hard work. Thank you, man. Uh, so, yeah, just uh, this will wrap up our episode. If you want to talk further to me, you can call me at 901-692-7401. It's on 24-7. I am going to my boat this weekend, so if you can't reach me tomorrow, it's because I'm out on the water sleeping. Thank you for listening to Behind the Curtain Podcast, your real world guide to real estate investment and property management. Be sure to subscribe at BehindTheCurtainPodcast.com. And if you'd like to learn more about Enterprise Property Management's real estate services, please visit us on the web at epmrealestate.com. This has been a Sound Ideas Group production for Enterprise Property Management, Inc. Oh, 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 oh,